that. Thank you for allowing me to do that. Thank you for allowing me to, to be here and to fellowship with you and to know what God is doing through this great, wonderful church. Keep up the good work. Keep up the good work. It's good to see young people here. There's many churches that don't have those young people. It's good to see that you are about the Lord's work and doing it. And I want to talk to you tonight about God's plan. God's got a plan. God's got a plan, and if you're looking for something new, it's not new. It's not new. Now, we've been fellowshipping with with, uh, both uh, Andrew and Dennis St. Lawrence. And we've had a wonderful time together. A wonderful time. And we've talked about methodology. Methodology is one thing. Scriptural plan is another. And we can change methodology. And at times we need to. And today's world probably will call us to make some changes. One of the things I want to accomplish if... Well, let me rephrase that. Because it's one of the things that I have prayed and felt that God wants to accomplish here is for you and I to open up our eyes to a new level of involvement in what God's doing in this world. A new level to take us outside our comfort zone. These people know what that is. You don't go to a foreign country where you don't know your way around or know people and what have you without being far out of your comfort zone. You and I can be missionaries right here in Sheraton, outside our comfort zone, doing things different ways that we haven't done it before. The seven last words I heard a preacher say of a dying church is, Pastor, we never did it that way before. Yeah. Let's go to Scripture that doesn't change. Let's see God's Word. Let's see what, how God works. God calls people. Now, you've got some right here with us tonight. But I think even in addition to these, God calls each one of us. God calls people. And He called a wandering Aramean by the name of Abram. And God called him in the book of Genesis. Go to the beginnings. Find out Genesis 12. What happened there? God has a plan. He hadn't changed it. He hadn't changed it. And Genesis 12:1 says, Now the Lord had said to Abram. This is God's word. The Lord said to Abram, Get out of your country. Your comfort zone. Get out of your country. Missions is nothing new to God. Now, missions in the New Testament is the New Testament. It's a missionary book. But missions is not new to God. He's been doing this. Get out of your country, from your family. One of the most difficult things you'll ever do in your missionary career is try to get home for your parents' terminal illness. And if you don't make it, know that God will be with you. We did that. That's difficult. That's difficult. Away from family. 
God tells him, get out of your country, from your family, from your father's house, to the land I will show you. Now, there's a good phrase for you guys. Because God's going to show you. You can put that in the bank. God's going to show you just how to do it. Get out of your land. Get out of your comfort zone. Church, if you're comfortable in church, you're too comfortable. Now, I know that some of you probably bought that pew. But let me tell you, it doesn't belong to you. It doesn't belong to you. We are a missionary people. We have been called to missions by God. Christians are a missionary people. And we do missions because it's His will. To the land that I'll show you. And I will make you a great nation. And I will bless you. Isn't that good? Can't you take that? Church, can you take it? If you'll get out of your comfort zone, will God bless you? I think this man has proven that to you. God has used him. And I've talked to others here. You take care of God's business, he'll take care of yours, won't he? You've proven that, haven't you? Many of you have been laying it down on the line. And God has blessed you. And you thank God tonight for the privilege of partaking in these missionaries' lives and others' missionaries' lives. And what I'm trying to say is that you too are missionaries. You too are missionaries. Right here. I will make you a great nation and I will bless you. Church, I will bless you individuals. I will bless you. And make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. Now God doesn't give blessings to Dead Sea Christians. Dead Sea Christians just... Take and take and take and take. And they want to learn something else. And they want to go deeper. And they want to do this. And they want to do the other thing. Uh, I don't know if we'll get around. We, we probably will get around to it. And I heard a pastor tell the well-meaning brother, Pastor, I just want to go deeper. Just, just I need some more meat. I said, how are you doing with what you got? Uh, some of you guys are farmers. I heard a couple of farmers saying, let's go down and listen to the ag agent. we got a new ag agent in the county, and he's got some good tips. And the other old boy said, no, ain't going. Now, come on, Hank, let's go down and listen to the man. He invited us. No, ain't going. What's wrong? He said, I already know more than I do. Don't need to know anymore. Isn't that the way we are? Don't we know a whole lot more than what we're living out each day? Oh, the need to put into practice. You see, in the Great Commission, He didn't promise to be with us in the pew. He said, go. Go. And there's where I'll be with you. 
Now I heard one missionary say, you know, I'm going to take a boat across because I don't get in airplanes because the Lord said, and lo, I'm with you always, not high. <laughs> but that low is a different word. Doesn't have a W there. I don't know how you say that in, in Iowa. Uh, down in Texas, they say something like, Here? Did you hear it? Huh? Did you get that? He said, Go, and I will be with you always, even under the end of the earth. Didn't say a thing about the pew. Now, that's attention. That's attention for missionary Baptist churches. Churches that are missionary in the way they think about that. And you shall be a blessing, and I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. There's God's promise. There's God's promise. There's God's plan. He calls people. He calls people to God's plan. He's already called these. We celebrate that. We celebrate their call. How about your call? How about your call? Was there a call to service when you came to Christ? Or was it fire insurance? Was there a call to service when He laid down His life for you? Was there something in your heart? Was your heart stirred? And you were able to say, Lord, I give my life to you. Could you say that in the baptistry? Talking with pastor today. I said, one of the things I tell people at the point of baptism, I don't want to bury you alive. Are you dead to sin? Are you dead to sin? That call to service. That call to service. It's intrinsic. Well, God keeps that going. Uh, he elected uh, Abraham. And if you'll turn over a few pages to chapter 18, you'll see more of it. He elected Abraham. And election awaits a faith response. Check that one out now. Election awaits a faith response. God elects. God is sovereign. He chooses. But He awaits a faith response. And so I think that that's what we're looking for. That's what we need to find is that faith response. Blessed to be a blessing. You know, the Apostle Paul had that same concept. He had the gospel and he was worried about the Roman church. He said, I have the gospel that belongs to you. And I must go to Rome to discharge that. He felt obliged to the Romans to take the gospel there. Blessings come to you on the way to someone else. That's a wonderful thing as missionaries, isn't it? When you're blessed, when you have that baby, and you're able to fellowship with ladies 
and they'll come to see you. And you'll have a wonderful time together. Blessings will come to you on their way to those people that you minister to. Blessings come our way. Not to be held and retained by us, but on their way to others. Well, God established a fellowship with Abraham. And in chapter 18, he's going to continue it. Look at verse 15. Look at verse 15 and following. And he said, uh, But Sarah denied it and said, I did not laugh. Now there's something about uh, Sarah. Excuse me, I want to go all the way down to verse eight, uh, 17. Uh, Genesis eighteen seventeen. And then the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abram what I'm going to do? This was when he was going down to Sodom and Gomorrah. God was going to put things right down there. Shall I hide from Abraham what I'm going to do? Since Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. Once again, the promise. God's plan. Didn't change. Reveal it. There is special revelation that comes to missionary churches and missionaries. As God leads you each step of the way, specific revelation that you need. How did you get to young? Did you just point on a map? God linked it up, didn't he? He orchestrated it. Special revelation on how to do. You see, many times, if we don't get out of our comfort zone, we're not going to see God's plan. Many, many Christians go through life without seeing the plan of God for their life. These missionaries will tell you. It comes to you new and fresh each, each period of mission service. God leads you into a new role. I had no idea some of the things I would do. No idea. Oh, what a wonderful blessing. I passed out Bibles in Congress. They, the National Congress of Honduras declared the last Sunday in September National Bible Day. We had boxes of Bibles stacked up the boxes. And I breaking open boxes and passing them out as fast as I could to all the congressmen there. And the speaker, we got done, and I sat down. The speaker said, we want to thank you for this gift. Aren't you going to tell us something about it? Huh? Yeah, I am. <laughs> Reached in the box and got, turned to page 432, there's a big three over there, and you go down the line a little bit, you'll see a 16. And it says, Porque de tal manera amó Dios al mundo. That's what it says. And if you don't know that, that's your problem. <laughs> we had a wonderful time. God sustained what He did, what He, what He promised Abraham for. He sustains it. Now, this was after the problem with Hagar. And Ishmael, and God sustained that in Abraham all the nations of the earth should be blessed. He's going to carry his plan through. He's going to carry it through. He doesn't quit. Look at Genesis 22. Look at Genesis 22:15. Genesis 22:15. See what he says there. 
The angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, By myself I have sworn. Who else could he swear by? By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son. That was Isaac. You remember the story. Dad, we've got the wood. Where is the sacrifice? God will provide. Remember that. God will provide. And as God provides, He wants to use you. God will provide. Then because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son, blessings, I will bless you. And multiplying, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore. Your descendants shall possess the gates of their enemies. And in your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Because you have obeyed my voice. Obedience produces blessing. In the life of Abraham. Obedience. Walk by faith. Oh, I pray you never have to do that. I pray you never have to do that. Our best friends in Honduras had worked 15 years in Honduras. They were on furlough, speaking in churches. And there was a church that was going to Iraq. And they said, come go to Iraq with us. And they did. And they wrote back to us missionaries in Honduras and broke our hearts. It was Joyce's best friend. Uh, we feel God has called us to Iraq. They were there a few short months. They were planning their ministry and getting started. Things were just beginning to get rolling. And a car pulled up beside their car, and a machine gun opened fire. And they were bloodily murdered right there. Martyrs for our Lord. Pray for your missionaries. They risk their lives. They risk their lives. You don't know. If sometime the Lord would stir you in the night, pray. You don't know what time it is across the water. You don't know what's going on. Pray. The Lord care for, you, for those that you have sent out. He will provide for them. He will provide for them. He carries on His promise all the nations of the earth. Now, there is a nation that I'm terribly worried about. I heard of your friends who are in Honduras. Praise God. Honduras, when we went there, there was less than 1% that were, that were evangelical Christians. When we came away, it was 35% in the urban areas and 20% in the rural areas. We were riding the crest of the wave of people coming to Christ. Jesus was good good conversation anywhere you went. I already told you about the openness in government. 
government circles. Uh, we had marvelous opportunities, unprecedented opportunities. Other places are not like that. There's a nation that is burdening my heart. It's called the United States of America. It's burdening my heart. And it's only by churches like you who will adopt a missionary style that this nation, amongst all the nations of the world, will be blessed. The greatest nation in the world for sending out missionaries. So many times churches now are dying and in decline. So many times now there's need right here in America. Who can do that? You and I that are here. You and I that are here. As we become missionaries, you say, well, preacher, times have changed. I know they have. Have we changed? Look at the first century. I was talking with, with Andrew. Look at the first century. What was going on then? People were disgusted with religion. They didn't like it very much. Whether it be the Roman religion or Jewish religion, and there was controversy and bickering, and nobody could get on the same target. Immorality was rampant. Homosexuality was to be accepted. There was political unrest. People weren't happy with the government. All sorts of things, much like today's America. Much like today's America. We live in the best missionary times. Now, these missionaries will tell you, you go to a foreign country, you have to learn new ways. The way they shake hands. The way they address one another. The way they feel about talking about different subjects. Even if you know the language. You have to have a cultural informant that will help you understand. Well, let me tell you, some of you that are from my generation, we need a cultural informant. The people of the 20s and 30s, they don't think like us. Now, we may speak the same language, but they don't think like us. What are, what are they thinking about? Are they into church? Are they into Bible study? Do they respect absolute truth of the Scripture? They can brush that aside like nothing. It's amazing to us. What do you mean? That's God's Word. Yeah, that's God's Word. That's for you. That's good. Enjoy it. I have a different thing going on. Different way of thinking about it. And they're not upset at all. You and I are missionaries to that bunch. Now, what are you going to do? You, know, you can stand there and criticize them. What should I do in a predominantly Roman Catholic country? Do I criticize their idolatry? No. It's the only God they have. 
I don't criticize their idolatry. I talk to them about the living Lord Jesus. I talk to them about the Holy Spirit, which produces a regeneration, a new birth, a new person, where they can be born again. I talk to them about that, and it seems that after they understand that, idolatry just sort of fades away. Don't criticize the 20s and 30s. Thank God for the opportunity. You're a missionary people. Go after them. Learn their ways. I don't want you to adopt their ways. I said learn their ways. Learn how to communicate to them. Learn how to speak to them. Learn how to love them to Christ. pastor said it. Jesus summed it up. What's it all about? Love God and love people. Pretty simple stuff, isn't it? Isn't that what you do on the mission field? Love God and love people. Pretty simple. It's not hard. Love those folks. Love those folks. Take them in. Help them along. Be good to them. Help them. When they come to Christ... And they find the richness of His Word. They'll change. God will change them. God will do His work. God will do His work. Chapter 26. We'll quit here. Chapter 26. Verse 1 through 5. Isaac and Abimelech. Next generation after Abraham. There was a famine in the land beside the first famine. And that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Abimelech, the king of the Philistines, in Gerar. And the Lord appeared to him, and he said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land which I shall tell you. Now, that's word for you, for me, and for these missionaries. Live in the land which I shall tell you. Dwell in the land, and I will be with you. And bless you. For to you and your descendants I shall give these lands, and I will perform the oath which I swore to Abraham your father. God carries his plan through, doesn't he? He's faithful. He carries it through. Verse 4, And I will make your descendants multiply as the stars of the heaven, and I will give your descendants all these lands and all your seed. All the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Once again, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Chapter 28, and we're done. Chapter 28. Chapter 28, verse 12. Jacob came to a special place. And then he dreamed, and behold, a ladder was set up to the, uh, to the, uh, to the, on the earth. And its top reached to heaven, and there the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it. And he said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. And the, the land on which you lie, I will give to you and your descendants. Also your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. So numerous. 
so numerous. You shall spread abroad to the west and to the east, to the north and the south. And in you, in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Behold, I am with you, and I'll keep you wherever you go, and we'll bring you back to this land. And he makes his promise come true. Verse 16, Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. Can you be in church? Can the Lord be there and you not know it? It happened to Jacob. It happens here. It happens in every church. The Lord shows up. Some are blessed. Others are ho-hum. It happens, doesn't it? The Lord was in this place and I didn't know it. Don't miss Him. Oh, please don't miss the blessing. You see, God's going to move you as a church out of your comfort zone. I don't know what all He's going to do. But I am sure it's not going to be just budget. It's going to be a new scorecard. In churches, we count how many come. I like to count how many go. We need that in our reporting. Not how many come. It's not come and be with us. He didn't say that. He said, go. Surely the Lord was in this place and I knew it not. He had his preconceived ideas of what God would do. We've been practicing church for a good long time. And you guys do it well. You guys do it well. Some of you have done it too well and you've settled in. It's too comfortable here. You need to try coaching the girls' soccer team and trying to figure out just how far you can go and when you can say a word in a secular school system because that's a mission field. You need to feel the uncomfortableness when you have that group. A couple may be Christians. Some others may be wearing Muslim head headdress. What do you say? How much can you say? What do you do? Get out of your comfort zone. Oh, I teach Sunday school. Pretty comfortable, isn't it? Pretty comfortable. I'm thankful you do. I don't know what he would say, but we did a little exploration in Sheraton today. Not much. 
And we went to, uh, what is it, Papalos? Papalios. And he sat down and talked to us. I asked him a few questions about Sheridan. I wonder if he'd let you teach Sunday school in his restaurant. You say, hey, we want to come in here as a group of us. We're going to have uh, eight breakfasts, guaranteed. We want this section. We're going to invite all sorts of folks to come. We're going to do Sunday school class here. Oh, it's nice and comfortable here. I've got my blackboard. I've got everything all set up. Everything's all set up here. But is that helping the people that are on Sunday morning at Papaleo's? Are you reaching them? They know where the church is. Uh-uh. You know better than that. You know better than that. I don't know what God's going to do, whether it's going to be Sunday school at Papaleo's or what it is. I don't know how God's going to do it. But there are new ways of bringing the nation of the United States of America to know Christ. There's very little time left, isn't there? Don't you see the urgency? Don't you see the urgency? Now the church at Antioch sent out the people. but They didn't neglect the work at home. We are a missionary people. Missionary involvement as much as they are. You and I right here. You and I have God's call. All the nations of the earth shall be blessed. God was in this place, and I knew it not. And he was afraid. Does there come into your life a healthy fear of God? When's the last time you sat in the pew and you shook a little bit because you were uncomfortable? And you feared God. I heard a wonderful testimony. Maybe she's here tonight. If you are, please raise your hand. I want to see your face. Somebody said, I put it off too long. I need to obey God. And was just recently baptized. She's here? Where are you? I need to see your face. Praise God. Obedience brings blessings. Obedience brings blessings. Yes. Oh, God's got a plan. He was afraid. She was afraid. And I'm afraid. I've been disobedient too long. I've got to do this. You did it right. You did it right. And he was afraid, and he said, How awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate to heaven. Now that's what Bethel was. Then Jacob called it Bethel. He called it Bethel. The house of God and the gate to heaven. That's you.
not the building. You and I are the church. We are the house of God. Some of us call this building a sanctuary. The only time God's here is when you're here. You and I are the house of God. The gate to heaven. You are the gate to heaven. For some of those girls on the soccer team. For some of the sportsmen that will show up Saturday night. For some of the cyclists that came through town. You guys were out there handing out water, handing out stuff. Some were probably questioning, what in the world are we doing? (laughs) The gate to heaven. That's what it's all about. How else will they know? How else will they ever come to understand? Unless we go. Don't just send these people. Let us be a going church. Let us partner with them. Going. Wherever. 24-7. We go to be with Him. Well, I'm done. But God's not. I know. Pastor said, when you're done, turn it over to me. (laughs) He's got something. I'm praying for you tonight. For these. I'm praying for you. I congratulate you for what you've done. You're a mighty church. Except being, except that, the gate to heaven. The very house of God is what you are. God lives in you. Carry that this week. Carry that with you to your family, to your neighbors, to the store when you go. Everywhere you go. You are the gate to heaven for those people that don't know Him. Right here in Sheridan. God bless you. Thank you for the privilege of being here with you. I'm honored.